Hello, and welcome to episode 51 of the Dennis Knows Food podcast. I'm your host, Luke Labrie, and in this week's episode, we're sitting down to talk hospitality with special guest Steve Hewins. The hospitality industry in Maine is one of the leading contributors to our state's economy, and in many ways represents some of the best-loved things about Maine. From creating a pipeline for talent, to finding opportunities to grow food service and lodging businesses in our state, as well as a big announcement, we cover a lot of topics. So let's jump right in. Sitting down with Steve Hewins, President and CEO of the Maine Restaurant Association and the Maine Innkeepers Association. Steve, can you tell me a little bit about what the the associations do and what the hospitality landscape in the state looks like? Yeah, sure. Um, Two separate associations that have been around a long time, um, very similar in terms of their uh, strategies and and goals and initiatives, but made up of one side is made up of restaurants from the smallest to the largest, from the national chains to the family run enterprises, um, from, you know, diners to five diamond restaurants. Uh, On the hotel side, similarly, it's anything from inns, small inns, three and four rooms, up to the largest hotels in the state uh, with the national brands and chains as well. Um, I think the landscape for hospitality and why that is a sector is so important is because it says a lot about the brand. This, the Maine's economy is driven by hospitality. It's, it's our calling card. It's what many people around the country think of when they think of the state of Maine. Um, you know, for good or bad, I mean, there are issues with hospitality, there are strengths, weaknesses, and challenges that we're addressing in both associations. Uh, however, because they're so similar and because the importance of these things are, go beyond just restaurants or hotels into the whole sector, we're merging and um, going to become one. So what was it like bringing those two together? So two sets, two boards, uh, two meeting schedules separate. Obviously, the membership was split. Interestingly, though, they're almost the same size. I mean, we had roughly 450 members in each association. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um, but in this period of time, they've been around and the heritage behind it was similar. Some of the people are crossed between both associations, too, because they have restaurants as well as uh, a hotel property, or, you know, resorts, large properties that have both. And then we have a strong allied membership, too. Uh, businesses like Dennis, um, you know, is one longtime member, very engaged, um, board members, you know, and that sort of thing. So this, this amalgamation of uh, business, um, the businesses themselves, the companies that uh, sell products and services through those businesses, it's a pretty powerful group. So, you know, the objective when I came on board was to bring those two together. And we're in the process right now of completing that merger. So you were juggling two associations, your staff were, but yeah. also the members were. So it just kind of made sense to put the two together and simplify everybody's I life. think so, yeah. I think there was, for a number of years, there was, you know, a concern of some members didn't want to merge with either or, and there was some, you know, fits and starts along the way where it kind of didn't get all done, and then for some reason it would uh, restart itself again. But I think when I got hired, you know, my initial, you know, direction 
by by the two boards was to put this together. Or to, not me personally to put it together, but to lead that effort and get everybody on board with a way of doing that. And I had some experience in my previous lives of uh, being both a choir and a choiree of businesses. I had a little background in it, which helped. Will people expect different things from the new merger or business as usual? Is there something exciting that's going to, like, wow, I'm glad we did this? Yeah, that's a, that's a good, good lead and good comment. Um, as I tell people today, that it's not even that the two together are, are you know, coming together as one. It's actually they're going to be, it's a synergistic kind of thing. They're actually, the com combination of the two is greater than the, the single parts. So the reason I say that is because, number one, the issues and, and needs are pretty similar. But as a larger organization, we have much more leverage and much more uh, uh, people pay attention to us in a different way. You know, much of our work is here in Augusta. Or, or locally uh, and at the federal level, but you know, advocacy and, and making sure that we're um, keeping an eye on legislation and, and, and regulations that both help or hurt the industry. You know, to the extent that we uh, have to uh, watch watch for our members' backs. You know, so there's that. But I think in the larger sense, we've got big problems to solve, and to solve these problems, it takes a greater um, effort of more than just two associations trying to combine forces into creating this hospitality sector now. That's the key. It isn't just restaurants and hotels, it's the sector of the economy. It's like a slice of the main economy that has not had the representation that we plan to provide. You know, Maine's known for its lobsters and lighthouses, mountains and trees, and you know, people ha get that image. But the delivery of the services, and you know, it's really about people, this hospitality industry, just the name itself, hospitality, welcoming. You know, we've historically in Maine have done that since the uh, the beginning of tourism in America, the 1840s, you know. I always tell people that Henry David Thoreau was the original travel writer. He came to Maine, climbed Katahdin before anybody really had ever done that, and reported back in his book, uh, The Maine Woods, about traveling to Maine. And that was the first time anybody had really, many people had ever thought of doing that. And, you know, no one took vacations back then. It just didn't even exist. Then we became vacation land. And, and so, you know, we've got this deep heritage of hospitality in the state. I think it's time that I think uh, the public, uh, policymakers, began to recognize that and begin to develop this industry uh, better and more uh, so it's more valuable to the state's economy overall. You touched on tourism, and which is a big part because it's bringing people into the state that are going to utilize it, these food service and hospitality uh, businesses. How does that play into your into the association's day to day? Yes, yeah. you're dealing with your own challenges that aren't necessarily tourism. I mean, That's there right. Are tourism boards correct? Yes. Uh, the organizations that are involved in tourism are primarily marketing organizations, like the Maine Tourism Association, as an example. It's, it contracts with the state of Maine to manage the visitor centers on the turnpike and to produce the Maine Invites You uh, marketing magazine that goes out, and been doing that for many, many years, primarily trying to draw people here. We're more interested in the sustainability of the industry itself, so we're more of a trade association. Our, our goals are basically um, making sure that this this industry remains strong and is ability to grow. Um, we've set tourism records almost every year for the last five years. I mean, definitely for the last five years and perhaps even longer. Every year we're drawing more people here. The demand for Maine is just continues to grow. But how are we going to handle this growth, you know? I mean, right now I walk into any place and the first thing I said, how's business? Good. What are your challenges? 
workers. We don't have enough people to provide the service and, and to manage our businesses. And, and that's one of the things we hope to solve in our association. And there's a lot of ways that we're going to attack it. I've heard that from a lot of people that yeah. labor, skilled labor, even people yeah. just want to show up on time yeah. are, are a challenge right now. It's a total challenge. And, you know, it, we, I sometimes say we need to build a sort of a pipeline now because we can't rely, as we all know, Maine's the oldest state in the nation. It's, it's not producing a lot of young people as enough, as enough that's needed. And it's not just hospitality. You know, workers are needed in many industries, you know, so we're competing that way as well. But obviously my, my goal is really to strengthen the hospitality industry. So we have to start to build a pipeline. We have to, you know, start to educate the public on the value so that, that uh, they'll maybe ask, the, maybe the kids want to move into hospitality and we can, help, we can help steer them that way. Guidance counselors in high schools. We have to have programs throughout the uh, community colleges and into the, the four-year degree programs to uh, create a pathway to get jobs. I mean, right now, um, you know, we've been worried for many years about our graduates leaving the state of Maine because the positions aren't available. Now we have tons of positions and we almost have a shortage of, of people coming through. So one of our goals is to build a um, partnership with the high schools across the state and uh, the Maine Community College system, state school system, to uh, create sort of a, uh, uh, a pathway where they can get educated on this industry and immediately get a job and start to, uh, um, you know, improve and expand the industry where we need to. So you're really focused internally on, yeah. on the state of Maine right. and the business practices that are happening down to staffing requirements. Absolutely. You know, we have to even define what kind of jobs are available in this industry. You know, a lot of time, the old narratives that we need to break, that there are low-paying seasonal jobs, that if you go into hospitality, the only jobs you have are housekeeping and dishwashers and servers, all valuable pieces of the pie here. and But also opportunities to... Uh, grow in this industry. I mean, you talk to any general manager at a hotel as an example, and they've always started at entry-level jobs and moved their way through. You can talk to any, I've talked to many of them. They all know the business from the beginning jobs right through to the top. Same thing with restaurants, and same thing with many of our allied members. You know, people get into the door, they learn the business, and they move up the ladder. That's the kind of industry it is. So, um, to train for those entry-level jobs, you know, we're, we're investing in programs like apprentice programs where you can learn while you're working. And we hope to uh, unveil uh, at the Maine Hospitality Summit, our big event, October 29th coming up, um, a new plan, a new program around apprentice uh, training and education. Tell me more about the Hospitality Summit because there's yeah. a big reveal coming at that and you kind of yeah. hinted at it earlier right. that these two associations are going away. That's right. What's replacing that? So uh, at the Maine Hospitality Summit, this is our second one. It's uh, coming up October 29 and 30 in Bangor at the Cross Center. This is an event we've, we started last year to really kind of begin to define the things we're talking about, this hospitality industry and the big several big reveals, but one of them will be um, the launching of Hospitality Maine, the new association, the merger of the Maine Restaurant Association and the Maine Innkeepers Association, uh, the long-awaited merger. Uh, the name Hospitality Maine obviously defines what we're talking about. Um, you know, we'll have one organization now geared to these issues and pushing it out there. We have a new website coming up that's not quite ready to to be public yet, but working on it. New logo. 
and a new um, mission to, uh, as I say, sustain this industry uh, and create the jobs and the success that it has achieved up to now and make sure this continues into the future. So between the two, you had about or have about 900 or so yep. members. Right. Looking to grow that, obviously, because the more contributing to the overall effort, yep. that rising tide raises all ships. Absolutely. What should people who are listening to this or hearing about the associations mm. for the first time or starting a new business, what should they know about the membership and, and what's behind it and how it helps their business? Yeah. Well, running a, a restaurant or, let's say, a hospitality industry business, restaurants, hotels, and that sort of thing, is all-consuming. and. You know, you can't keep your eyes on some of the other things that are going on all the time, whether they be uh, different types of uh, legislation and regulations or, or training opportunities that we're going to bring forward so that we're basically there to support our members in a way that allows them to focus on their business. Um, I think there are so many issues and, and, and um, you know, needs that they have that, that we we become sort of like the uh, support mechanism for that. I mean, we get calls all the time here and, and emails and such that, you know, I don't understand how this regulation affects me. What do we do here? Example would be service dogs, as an example. You know, we have somebody who wants to have a dog here. What am I allowed to say or do with them? What can I not do? Any number of things that go out there, liquor laws and, and things related to um, food handling, you know, a lot of the things we do are like uh, we, we, we provide uh, serve safe training, as an example. And members obviously get a better rate because they're a member, but we provide those types of things. We, we fund uh, high school training programs like ProStart, which is a uh, culinary training program in, now into uh, seven um, state high schools in Maine. Um, and we have students that learn how to uh, work in a restaurant, you know, as high school students. And they compete in a national competition that we fund here. And uh, what we're trying to do is, again, that pipeline of creating, uh, you know, capable um, employees for the industry going forward. When people join and become members, they help support those efforts, you know, and uh, create workers for the industry going forward that are, that are really energized and excited about being in that, in that, uh, in this industry. Um, and, you know, uh, I think that and, and, the, and the support of, uh, you know, the things that these businesses need to be able to be successful and grow, you can't do it on your own, and that's where we, we come in. You know, I think, I think the Hospitality Summit that you asked about earlier, we've got some incredible speakers and some uh, panel discussions that are really the hottest topics of the day and, and new metrics uh, of uh, the size and scope of this industry. You know, many people say that it's the number one industry in the state of Maine. Hospitality employs more people, it produces more tax revenue, it is, produces more gross sales than any other industry, trumping traditional industries like forest products and, and uh, you know, lobster and things like that by a lot. We're working with the University of Maine uh, to come up with hard data on that to support that because I think people need to understand how important and how um, how big this industry is in the state and not just take it for granted. And I feel like for many years, because we've been doing this for so long, the general public is just, yeah, you know, tourism is good. They, I'm glad when they leave because then I can go get a restaurant reservation. That's not the right attitude. We need to kind of expand this throughout the year and, 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 and build a year-round uh, economy that's stronger that way because um, it's uh, 
So we have a competitive advantage in the state. We have to play, uh, take advantage of that. Who are some of the speakers that are coming to the summit? What can people expect when they arrive? Yeah. Well, they're going to expect to hear from uh, people like uh, Travis Mills, who's a well-known um, uh, Afghan war veteran who lost all of his limbs in a, um, in a tragic uh, IED, uh, you know, explosive situation. But he's a very powerful speaker, and he has a message of never give up and, and strength. And he's our keynote speaker at the summit. So just hearing him, I'm looking forward to that. He's going to try to probably translate some of his experience to it hospitality as they've started a veterans uh, uh, retreat up in Rome, Maine, which he got a foundation to acquire an old Elizabeth Arden estate up there. And they redid the whole thing, and now he brings in um, veteran families to experience Maine um, and help heal themselves from you know the rigors of battle and the post-traumatic issues that involved in that. So that's going to be a great piece we've got um we've got um uh restaurant experts like uh um to to basically uh talk to about you know the industry on a national level and what's the current cutting edge trends in restaurants and things like that same thing on the hotel side inns what what you know some of the issues that a lot of our hospitality people are battling uh, involve you know big players like google and um you know uh yelp and TripAdvisor and some of these uh aspects that kind of like uh you know maybe don't steer business away from from them uh, i mean I, I could go into depth on this but but basically it's the online landscape that's we have to be cognizant of how to play that game else you know you could find your you know people searching for you and not finding you and, and you know it's it's a complex kind of a thing and we're dealing with the largest companies in the world so it's not like it's an easy thing to do but there are tricks and things you can do as a small operator to make sure you get your fair share of the online business and we're going to be having seminars around that as well the attendees themselves will form round tables and talk about ideas and things that have worked for them and on others and then we've got some a lot of fun built into this thing too it is hospitality so you have to have you know a good time as well we've got uh some uh, natural recording artists coming in uh to to entertain that night we're going over to the hollywood casino which is across the street from the cross center and we're doing uh you know an evening there as well so um a lot of uh, fun as well as uh, educational learning. And, oh, so this uh, is a this is a it truly is a summit. This is a big yeah. uh, big event, not just a, a meeting of mine. Yeah, it's a two day event where uh, we're going to be covering a lot of ground, and um, I think uh, you know. It, it's it falls at the end of the season, the end of the traditional season. You know, at the end of October when people are starting to kind of take a breath and begin to think about you know maybe what they're going to do next year now and. Uh, I think by you know tackling some of these big issues, like I said earlier, the the workforce issue. Another big issue is healthcare. You know, uh, we're hoping to uh, also we're working on coming up with a healthcare plan for our members to offer their employees that will be different than uh, what's currently out there through the Affordable Care Act. You know, something unique for hospitality industry. Um, so that's why I said earlier about us as a trade association, we're looking for sustainable solutions to keep our businesses successful. Um, you know, less about the marketing side. So if an operator out there is having staffing issues, mm -hmm. they'll be able to come to this summit 
and learn some strategies to maybe get more uh, employees through the Find door. more employees and retain existing ones. Because there is a lot of churn in this industry too, you know. Uh, because it's such a shortage, you know, people will, you know, employees tend to be more mobile in a lot of ways too. So we want to make sure that we have the businesses can offer as much in the way of benefits and, and, and training and edu ongoing education that will encourage employees to stay in this long term. So, uh, you know, it's acquiring employees and retaining employees is equally important. Excellent. Now, I know you said the uh, website is under construction. Yeah. Uh, about how long do you think until it's ready for people to see? Well, soon, uh, you know, we, we uh, as I said, by the summit, most definitely. You know how websites go. I mean, oh, yes. you know, it could be endless, but we got we want to get a good uh, initial product out the door because uh, once people hear about us, I'm sure they're going to want to go check on the website is what we're about. And what's that URL going to be? It's going to be hospitalitymain.com. All one word. Remember. Yeah, Hospitality Main. That's us, and that's the logo, and that's the uh, URL. And you envision this as being something that uh, members and non-members are going to want to visit frequently? For yeah, we will. It'll be both because we will have non-members. We will have uh, the public on there, too, because you can search out any of our members through the site, um, You know whether you're going to want to looking for a place to eat or stay or... Um, you know, just find who our members are. You can search on the site. We'll have a nice uh, search tool for that. And, that alone's uh, a, a yeah. reason for membership. Yeah, well, we, we will be. They will be pushing a lot of people directly. See, one of the things is that's an example of what I was talking about the online. What we are going to do with this, this search engine is be able to drive business directly to the uh, members wherever they want the people to land, either on their own website engine that they have or even just to the front desk to book a dinner or whatever it is um, bypassing the uh, online players and the commissions and such that uh, those require we don't as a member it's totally free oh that's, that's very cool that's a great resource yeah um, for anybody that might be listening or is sitting on the fence thinking I, I want to join I've thought about it I don't have time What's going to be your big reason? What's what's the elevator pitch you'd give somebody in 20 seconds to this is why you should be a member? I think the easiest way I would say it, it's a, it's a small cost for um, ensuring, you know, your success and, and the success of the industry. And my belief is that you will get that back many times over during the course of a year as, as a member through any of the type of programs that we're offering. the uh, You mentioned earlier the uh, Main Restaurant and Lodging Expo, which we host every year, um, free for members there as well. Um, and so just some of the tips you'll pick up as a member, uh, or even a phone call when you need some help, uh, what that might cost if you had to go to a consultant or that sort of thing. So it's, I have no doubt that people, the investment will be paid back many times over. Um, and then there's the aspect of just being involved in the industry and being a player and being part of that effort that we're involved in. We want everybody on our team, and uh, you know I think the camaraderie and the and the support that they'll feel as part of that is worth the small investment to get in. Excellent. I'm going to ask you a tougher question now, and feel free to think on it. Where do you see where do you see things looking like five, ten years from now? What's the future mm. of the hospitality sector if you guys can? move mountains and make the things right. happen that you want to happen? Where do you see things shaking out? Well, if I were to sit here five years from now and say, you know, feeling that we've had success, what that, what that would be, um, I would say that we've maintained that main uh, brand by having enough employees to continue the growth. 
we so we've, we've addressed the workforce education piece to this because um, that's the challenge the biggest challenge now that could put the brakes on the growth in this industry is that I would also like to see the respect for the industry be such that um, we're f fully recognized as the uh, largest sector of the economy that people understand how much economic value is driven by the industry and that we have expanded to become more of a year-round type of um, uh, P, uh, support for the economy. In other words, we know there's a winter economy here, there's a summer economy, but you know we want to build a sustainable year-round uh, uh, sector and not just uh, you know try to compress so much of it in, in the few months in, in, in the summer and the uh, few weeks in the winter time. So you know it's a kind of a hard answer, kind question to answer. You know, mm -hmm. it's there's so many things that I feel we are. I don't believe the industry has reached its potential at all. And it's just a question of becoming, you know, spreading out across more of Maine. We're seeing that, you know. Portland is well known as, you know, Bon Appetit Restaurant City of the Year and those types of things. But there are things happening across the state that are paralleling that in smaller communities, in little hub communities that exist. I mean, I can, you know, Rockland, uh, Bar Harbor, Bangor, uh, places up, Lewiston now, and, and even, even uh uh, further west into places like Skowhegan and Bethel. You know, we can see these places begin to... Hospitality leads the way, you know. This is the one thing about hospitality that, that I think I should probably have said is that when you get economic development in a, in a, in a historic town in, in Maine or anywhere, it's usually led by either restaurants or hotels. They're the first... They, they, they put their footprint down first. And that creates an energy and a liveliness to the downtown that then spins off other businesses and growth. Uh, those are the we lead the way in, in developing downtowns. You can see this in places like Biddeford Saco now, you know, where they're developing the old um, trash to energy mill. And what's the first things in there? Restaurants, hotels, then uh, uh, housing, you know, because they're driven by that energy of a downtown. So um, that's the power of hospitality that, that often isn't recognized. And um, so I'd like to see us in five years have that be recognized and and uh, and actually help to improve Maine's economy. Where do you see um, technology playing an impact in the hospitality sector uh, looking toward the future? Well, I mean, I think that it's it's a huge factor. You know, obviously, you know, you can't um, you can't eat food online. You have to go and experience it, right? But you can see those pictures, and I think a lot of restaurants even today are using. Um, you know, footage to uh, particularly Instagram and things like that to show some of the te uh, the creativity and the messaging that they want to put out there. Similarly, you know, obviously social media itself. Um, you know, we we do a lot of that on our sites. You know, we film a lot of our new members at their location, a little bit about their her heritage and why they got in the industry and stuff like that. It helps you know uh, humanize that operation and draw people that want to come and experience the hotel or restaurant that we're featuring. Um, I think that, you know, we're going to see more of the, um, you know, 360 type footage around. People can look at all the rooms in a hotel as an example. What, what's, a, what's a deluxe double look like, you know, that and there it is. my wife doing that. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, mine too, as a matter of fact. Um, but those are helpful things to, to close more sales, to, to, to uh, and, and, you know, it's it can be done, as you say, it's not like a... A huge investment all the time. Sometimes it's just understanding 
how to access free tools and do certain things. Um, I think I see some of the smaller inns actually have really effective websites because they're, you know, you can see the rooms you want to book. A little inn that might have five rooms, they'll show you every room, and if you want to book it, boom, click, and you can book. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a big factor. You know, in the end, hospitality is an is experience that's got to be done in person. It's not a video that you can watch. So anything we do has to drive people to want to come and not uh, sort of bypass that because they've seen it in, on a flat screen. So um, that'll be the, the sort of the way that people can apply that technology to to turn those lookers into bookers, mm -hmm. as we say. That would be believers great. believers and be like, okay, now I gotta go there. I'm in here. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Right. Any closing thoughts for the listeners out there and the excitement that's coming with the summit and the name um, change? Yeah, I think for us it's a very exciting time. It's been a long haul to get to this point over the last two years to kind of, you know, from the all the regulatory requirements to the legal requirements, the accounting requirements, you know, all the mundane aspects of doing it. But now we're getting to the fun part where we can unveil this new entity and, and speak uh, in an exciting kind of way about what we're going to do going forward and then executing Steve, absolute yeah. pleasure talking to you today. Thank you, Thank you very much. I know you got a busy day, it, so right. I'll let you get back to it. You got it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us and episode 51 of the Dennis Knows Food podcast. I'd like to thank Steve Hewins for joining us today. To learn more about the Maine Hospitality Summit on October 29th, go to mainhospitalitysummit.com. There, you'll find an agenda and be able to register to attend. Plus, be sure to keep an eye out for Hospitality Maine's all-new website, available soon at hospitalitymaine.com. If you know someone who might enjoy our podcast, tell them they can find it on their phone or tablet using their favorite podcast service, whether that's iTunes Podcast app, the CastBox app, or the Overcast app. In any app, just search for Dennis Knows Food. As always, I'm your host, Luke Labrie, and we're putting the foodie back in food service. For more information on the latest food service products, recipes, news, and more, visit our website at www.dennisexpress.com.